This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Fathers, please, would you stand up? We want to recognize you, and we're going to pray over you, all the dads, granddads. Hallelujah. You know, I, you know I, I know sometimes it can sound trite, but it's true. You know, I was reading, you know, you know sociologists and, and all those smart people that, that study, you know, the, the family unit and, and things that have to do with our society and our culture. They said, you know, that we cannot under, there's no way to overestimate the value of a dad in a family. It's absolutely essential. One article I read said you could just about trace all the ills of our society are somehow come back related to uh, the father in the family, whether the absence of a father or other issues with a father. I know I grew up part of my life, young life, with an abusive dad, and then my dad was gone, so I know what it's like not to have a dad. But it's great for those of us who are, who are dads, and we take it seriously, and, uh, you know, we want to pour into our kids and our grandkids. I mean, you know, now I'm a granddad. I was, I was happy when I was a dad, but now a granddad, some of you are as well. So, uh, we got something we're going to give away just in just a minute or two, but first I want to pray over you guys. I just want to pray over our fathers, you guys, everybody else out there, just stretch your hand toward some of these dads and just uh, agree with us in prayer. Father, I thank you for the dads and the fathers. Lord, I know as a father it's not an easy thing, but Father, your grace is sufficient. Your anointing, Father, I thank you that we are anointed, Father, to be dads granddads and father to to speak into our children our grandchildren's lives to model what it means to be a godly man what it means to trust God in the in the difficult times to be men of integrity oh God and and father I, I thank you that these men are blessed I thank you father they're anointed to provide for their families they're anointed to protect their families and they're anointed to lead their families spiritually God I thank you encourage them strengthen them by the spirit of might and power in the inner man. Father, may there be great joy in being a dad. Father, I thank you. I bless these men. I bless these men in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak health and healing into their bodies, strength into their bodies, blessing on the, on the job site, in the office, with their business, Father. Blessing upon blessing upon their homes and their families in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said... Well, give them another hand. You guys can be seated. Yeah, bring those on up here. We got, we're going to do a little giveaway now for our dads. Hallelujah. Amen. We got some, we got some gift cards up here. We got uh, two from Home Depot, and then we've got one uh, $50 gift card you can take to the restaurant of your choice. So uh, we're going to get Mass Cindy to draw out one. I'm going to draw it out. Okay. Everybody didn't get a ticket? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, that's not right. Hold on. Who didn't get, who, who of the dads didn't get a ticket? If you're a dad and you didn't get one, we want to give everybody an equal chance. Anybody else? I don't blame you. Get in on these goodies here. All right. This was for a $25 gift certificate to Home Depot. And I'm going to read it out. So that means i got to get my glasses. <laughs> All right. The number is 560067. Oh, come on down. Get your gift certificate to Home Depot. Congratulations, Dad. Absolutely. Okay. We got another one from Home Depot for 25. So reach in there. Grab one. There you go. And here we go. Five, six, 
zero zero six one. Come on down here. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to you. All right, now for our $50. Yeah, and this one you can use it anywhere you want to, but we hope you'll go to a restaurant. Uh oh. Is that one that was on there already? No. I don't know. Nope. They're both there. Yeah, they're there. Okay. Drum roll. Oh boy. Five, six, zero, zero, seven. Not one. Not two, but three. Seven, three. Last two. Come on down. $50 gift certificate. Awesome. Happy Father's Day to you. Congratulations. All right. Thank you. Take that down, baby. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You know, just, just something to say thank you and to all the dads. You know, you're all winners. Amen. You might not have got a card, but you're all a winner. You know, I wish we could just give all of you one. I, that, would be, that would be great. Well, we're doing a series called Living the Good Life. And today we're going to be talking about finding my value. You know, my value is more than just my net worth or our credit score number. You know, the world has its definition and it's measuring parameters of what our value is you know many times it's where we live or what we live in or what we drive or what we do or how much money we have in the bank or any other number of uh, things that our culture wants to set and to define us and let me just say this church somebody or something is going to define you somewhere something's going to define you that's why we want to talk about finding our value. For many of us, you know, we may have a very low self-esteem, a very low value of ourselves, And we're going to look at that today. And hopefully, by God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to be revealed to you today about who is to set your value. That's, what, that's so important. Because somebody or something's going to set your value. Maybe it was one of your parents, or maybe it was an authority figure, or, or a teacher, or somebody else. And maybe, you know, they set your value very low. And they said, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. You're, you're not very bad. Or maybe just the way you were, re, were treated in life, you felt rejected. And so that's, that's defined your value. So we want to look at this and... and we want to understand what our value is. So turn over to Genesis chapter 3. You know, we first have to discover what the big lie is. The big lie is whatever is trying to define your value that is outside of this book, the Bible. Outside of God, what God says about you. You are who God says you are. But there's always the big lie. And I want to start off by clarifying this. The big lie we find here in Genesis 3, verse 8. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? I want to stop right there. So the big lie is, I'm not valuable unless. And now, here's the thing. Somebody has filled in that blank about the unless. Unless I'm this or that. Unless I've done this or that. Unless I haven't done this or that. And God... Ask the same question, and I'm asking the question today, 
Who told you that you're not valuable? The big lie. God says, who told you that you weren't naked, that you were naked? You know, the thing about sin is it exposes us to a thing called shame. Because before this, when Adam and Eve were in right relationship with God, they walked with Him in the cool of the day. They had fellowship with Him. They never hid from God before. Shame will cause us to want to hide ourselves. And you know, there's a lot of people, even in church, that are hiding themselves. They're hiding themselves behind a mask, behind a facade. They, they want to present a certain persona that, they, you know, they've got it all together. Everything's good. Everything's great. Everything's fine. But the truth is, just like Adam and Eve, they're hiding themselves because they believed the big lie that you are not worthwhile that you are not valuable, that God doesn't love you, that God's mad at you because you haven't done everything just right. Well, welcome to the human race. (laughs) Amen. When you start trying to labor under that thing of trying to do everything just right, to be perfect and to do all that, the Bible has already prophesied your failure. Because as soon as you set up to try to live under some law, you're immediately going to fall. And so the enemy wants to come in and he wants to, 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 to begin to tell you that you are not loved by God, that you are not valuable to God, that God doesn't like you. Or, or maybe someone else has told you because, you know, you've just blown it. You've made a big, some mistakes in your life. Well, welcome to the human race. Anybody in here has done it all perfect? We're going to let you come up and finish the message. Don't see any hands. I sure haven't. You know, I tell you all the time, the biggest room in my life is a room for improvement. So, but the big lie, who told you? Who told you you're not valuable? If you're dealing with a low self-esteem or you're, you're feeling like, you know, boy, you've got to do all this and do all that and you're straining so hard to, to prove yourself to everybody and to God and, and trying to do it all perfect and, you know, and of course you can't do it perfect so you don't measure up and then the condemnation comes on you and so you, you double down and try to do better and harder and that fails and so you double on the double. And pretty soon, it's like Jesus said. He, said, he said, there's such a weight and such a burden. You know, he talked to, about the religious people. That's one way we hide, isn't it? We hide behind religion. In Jesus' day, the Pharisees did that. You know, they presented this big facade of having it all together. That You know, they did everything just right. They kept the law. They were perfect, and they looked down their nose on everybody else that wasn't. But Jesus exposed them the lie that they were living, because he says, you're like whited sepulchers. You look great on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead man's bones. And all of us outside of Christ Jesus, we're the same way. We might, we might present a front. We might present a facade. We might present some way that we're trying to hide. But the truth is, we're all feeling a sense of shame until we come to the Lord Jesus. We're feeling naked. We want to hide. We want to hide the pain, the shame. You know, we need to expunge the devaluation of shame. And that's really what Jesus came to do. He came to pay the price where we've all missed it. The Bible calls it sin. And He's paid the price for that. But even more, and besides that, He has also brought us back into right relationship with God. The Bible says this about God. Now, here's the thing. Now, how does God view your sin? God says, I'm going to forgive all your sins and all your iniquities. Now, how much is all? All but. All but the big stuff. No, all the big stuff, but all but the little stuff. All of it. Then God not only says that, but He says, as far as the east is from the west, I'm going to take that sin away from you. Now, here's the thing, too. And then he goes on to say, he said, In your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. So why do you keep dragging them up? See, that's the big lie. The enemy wants you to keep dragging up 
where you missed it, how you come up short, what you didn't do right, what you should have done, could have done, didn't do, blah, 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 blah. And as long as he can hold you there, pardon me, you're never going to enjoy the joy, the peace, and the freedom that is really yours in Christ Jesus. So you need to expunge all that, eradicate, get it out of your life by remembering what God said. If you're a believer, if you've been born again, put your faith in Jesus as Savior, then all the things I said, God's forgiven you all your sins. He's removed them as far as the east is from the west, and He doesn't remember them anymore. So we need to what? Instead of our value being about based on dollars, we need to get some sense about it. S-E-N-S-E. Not C-E-N-T-S. Some sense. And where do we get our sense? Our sense comes from what? From the Scriptures. Isn't that right? You are who God says you are. I am who God says I am. Yeah, but I don't feel it. I know it. I don't look I know it. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. You start walking by sight and you're going to be, you're going to be crippled in your spiritual walk. Amen? Absolutely. So the big value... The big lie is I'm not valuable unless, unless I measure up, unless I'm this, or unless I'm that, unless I do the other. And listen, let me tell you, the church world as a whole is some of the most guilty of all of this kind of stuff. Amen? Because a lot of times you come to church, instead of getting help, you feel worse off, you know, after you leave. You know? But not in this church. I said, not in this church. Man, we're going to tell you the good news. That is, God loves you. Jesus paid the price. Your sins can be forgiven. And if you're a believer, they already have been forgiven. He's made you a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. You're a joint heir with God. All the promises are yours. Hallelujah. Heaven's your home. The Holy Spirit's living in you now. Man, oh man, oh man. That should make you valuable. Isn't that right? So we see the big lie. Let's look at the big truth. The big truth is that I am, you are, valuable to God. Now, how do we know that? Because His love gives us value. Look in Ephesians chapter 1. Because you are loved by God, that, is, that makes you valuable. Amen? You know, in the world, we place value on different things, don't we? There's all kind of values. What was it, I think... Thaddeus and I were out here working last night putting in the, the video system and the sound system in the youth hall. And by the way, for everybody that gave toward that, it's in and it's up and it's running. So we're good. Thank you. But, you know, we were, we were talking about something while we were working, and he looked up. You know that, that there's, there's a person that owns a yacht worth over four, was it $4 billion? $4.5 billion. <laughs> now that's somebody with a lot of money to burn, isn't it? But the world places its value on, on different things, doesn't it? And, and so we say this is valuable because what? Because, of what? because we consider it valuable. So whatever you, you consider to be valuable... And we know what you consider to be valuable because if you spend your time, your talents, and your money on it, to you know, that's the way we measure what's valuable to me, isn't it? If I give my time to it, it must be valuable to me, must be important. If I give my money toward it, it must be valuable to me. Isn't that right? So the same thing's true with God, God's love. Ephesians 1, verse 4, notice what he says here. He says, uh, For He, speaking of the Father God, chose us in Him, Christ Jesus, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. That's how God sees you. If you're a believer, He sees you as holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Amen. Isn't that good? To the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given to us in the one He loves. Now, notice what it says here. Because God 
placed a value on me. He loves me. He loves me. That gives me value. You're loved by God. That's what gives you value. It's not what you do. God doesn't care whether you're a butcher baker or a candlestick maker. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God, whatever you're doing. Isn't that right? But here's the thing, that, that's not what makes me valuable. Listen, the fact that I'm a, a pastor, that doesn't make me more valuable than you. Are you listening? Man, I'm, I was bought with the same blood you were. <laughs> I need the same grace and mercy you need. It's not what we do. It's not the color of our skin. It's not our economic economic status. It's not our educational uh, background. It, none of that. It's because God loves you. That's what makes you valuable. Because He gave His one and only unique Son, Jesus Christ, for you. What kind of value could we possibly place on the life, the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus? You can't, it's, it's, it's not, it's inestimable, isn't it? That's how much God loves you. That's how valuable you are to Him. You need to start, you know, doubting the big lie and start believing the big truth. Amen. Absolutely. I'm, you know, I, I've always just come to this conclusion. God is smarter than I am. Now, I know that's probably, you're thinking, well, that's not a very deep revelation. There's a lot of people I know, even Christians, that haven't understood that yet. Because they still will take the big lie over God's big truth. You're just going to have to accept the fact that God, what God says is true. That God's smarter than you. Amen. Just, you know, I know that's a blow to your ego. We have to look to Calvary, don't we? Look in 2 Corinthians. We look to Calvary for our value. We don't look to our job. We don't look to our economic status. We don't look to our home. We don't look to our automobile. That's what the world does, isn't it? They look to all those things, and then they say, okay, let's see. How much are you worth? Well, I got news for you. I am not the sum total of the furniture in my house or the vehicle that I drive. I will not you know, reduce my value by that, those things. They're going to perish, aren't they? Jesus tarries, somebody else is going to have your stuff. Kids or the grandkids, somebody's going to have your stuff. Isn't that right? I told people all the time, I've done a lot of funerals through the years, and I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It just, you can't take it with you. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how do you get in Christ? You put your faith in Him as your Savior and Lord, and you ask Him to come into your life, forgive you of your sins, and to make you a child of God. That's how you get in Christ. He said, if anyone is in Christ, he said, the new creation has come. Let's say that together. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things are passed away. I'm born again. I'm more than a conqueror. That's who I am. Absolutely. That's the big truth. New creation's come. The old is gone. The new is here. See, some people think one day. No, today is one day. The new is here. All this is from God. Who did it? God. Did you do it? No. Who did it? If God did it, it's good. Because He's a good God. Isn't that right? Who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I've been reconciled back to God. You know, now of course, everybody banks online now. Does anybody still use a checkbook? You, they used to, you know, used to have to balance your checkbook or you had to reconcile that thing. Is anybody? I'm not going to ask you if you're old enough to remember those days. I'll fess up, I am. But, you know, they, another word for balancing it, they called rec, you reconciled it. So that what? Both columns, the debit and the plus column, they, they, mat, they got to match up, right? 
Otherwise, if you're too, you, you're too much into debit, you're in the red. That's not a good place to be. But the Bible says He's reconciled our life forever. In other words, all the sin debt, all the wrong that I had done, that you had done, the life, the blood of Jesus, and His sacrifice balanced it all out. And now, I don't owe anything. I mean, what, how would you feel if somebody came up and paid off your mortgage? Woo! You'd be shouting, well, I got news for you. This is a lot bigger than any mortgage. Oh, we ought to be happy. We ought to be joyful. If we believe the big truth, we will be. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Well, if he reconciled the world, that includes you and I, doesn't it? Not counting people's sins against them. God's not counting sins against people. He's reconciled. He said he's given us the ministry. Go tell everybody. Your debt's been paid. You just need to accept it. Believe on Jesus. Accept him as Savior. Turn to God. Be reconciled to God. Accept what he has done. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And we are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him, Christ Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that we might become, oh man, this is big, the righteousness of God. Boy, that's heavy. <laughs> I mean, the only way you can grab that is by faith, isn't it? He has made us. And given us and imparted to us as a, a grace gift, His righteousness. Now, how can you get more righteous than God? <laughs> I mean, He's perfect. So if He's, if he's imputed, if he's, given a, he's grace gifted us His righteousness, then man, I'm in. That, I'm in. You're in. We're accepted in the beloved. What makes me valuable? That makes you valuable. And really, it makes all creation valuable. They just need to hear it. That's the reason we support missions. That's the reason we want to get the message out. That God's not mad at people. He's already reconciled their sins. They just need to accept it. They need to receive it. They need to hear about it. That they are loved. That they are valuable. That God cares about them. And Calvary forever proves it. Amen? So look to Calvary. If you want to know how valuable you are, don't look to your bank account, your house, your car, what you're wearing. Look to Calvary. That is the parameter that defines your value. Amen. Boy, this is good news, isn't it? We are accepted. We read that in Ephesians 1, 6. We're accepted in the Beloved. Who's the beloved? Jesus is the beloved. So the Bible says that we who are, are born-again people put our faith in Jesus as Savior. We're, the Bible calls us being in Christ, in the beloved. So since we're in the beloved, when God looks at the beloved, He sees me there. And when He sees me in the beloved, He sees me as being made righteous and my sins he will remember them no more. He's removed them from me. Hallelujah. I might be like the old farmer used to say when the preacher got to preaching real good. He said, somebody hold my mule. I'm going to have to shout. <laughs> Realizing my value. Why is it important that we realize our value? We're not talking about some kind of thing here where I get all puffed up. You know, when I'm I can't. How can you be proud of when it was all God that did it? I'm telling you, when, when, I, when I remember the grace of God, when I remember the mercy of God, when I remember how much He's forgiven me, how patient He is with me, I'm telling you what, it, it humbles me. I don't, I don't have any pride. It humbles me. Man, I just want to worship Him. I just want, I just want to kiss His feet. I just want to tell Him how wonderful He is, how great He is. I, I'm just so grateful that He counted me in. Amen. 
I'm like the psalmist. I'd rather be the doorkeeper in the house of God than rule in the tents of the wicked. Man, I don't care if I'm the least in the kingdom of heaven. I'm in. But it doesn't make me prideful. This kind of thing doesn't make me prideful. It makes me grateful. It, it brings humility to my life because I realize, God, you're perfect. You're great. You're awesome. You created the heavens, the earth, the universe. And you did this for me? Boy, if that, I mean, that'll humble you. It'll make you grateful. But what does it do for us uh, along with that, realizing my value? It gives me the right self-esteem. God made us to fellowship with Him. He made us to be under rulers with Him, didn't He? We're co-laborers, Paul said. So we're, we're working together with God. And you know that through all eternity, God's going to have a place and a purpose for each one of us. We're not just going to float around bored on a cloud up there playing some little old harp. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. We're going to govern His creation. And somewhere in that government, God has a place for you and I. And so our self-esteem, that means that we can work together with God. We don't have to hang our heads. You know, we kiss His feet in worship, but we don't have to hang our heads in shame. Because He's made us, again, sons and daughters. So I have the proper self-esteem. Not puffed up with some egotism of pride that I've done something, but made right by God's gift of grace and righteousness in Christ Jesus. That makes me able to stand where God called me to stand and do what God has called me to do. Amen? It gives me confidence. Confidence. You know, to do what God called you to do, whatever it is that He's called you to do, it takes confidence. Amen? I'm telling you, I know about that. Every Sunday, I need all the confidence I can get. Amen? Because I feel like there's probably about a hundred of you could do this better than me. I don't know why God comes, but here I am. But it takes confidence. And my confidence comes because of what Jesus has done. Because of the value that I see that He's placed in me. No, not because of something I've done, but because of who He is. And the same thing's true about you. Whatever He's called you to do. As dads, as fathers, we can, be, we can be confident, not in our own abilities and skills, but we can be confident that because of God's grace and mercy, he has, he has gifted us graciously to be fathers. Then I know He's going to give me the strength. He's going to give me the wisdom. He's going to give me the patience. He's going to give me all that I need. Paul said over in Romans 8, he said, If while we were sinners separated from God... God gave His very best, His only begotten Son. How much more now that we've been reconciled to Him, will He not freely give us all things? Hallelujah. And what about you? I'm preaching myself happy. So self-esteem, confidence, and finally courage. It takes courage to do what God called us to do. It takes courage to live this Christian life. And that courage comes because I know what? That God values me. He has said He will never leave me nor forsake me. I know He's with me. I know He values me. I look to Calvary. I see my value. I see my worth. I know, I, you know, that gives me confidence and it gives me courage. You know what? In the face of life. Anybody facing something? You know, here's the thing. You, you know, here's what I found out through all these years, 40-something years of following the Lord. I found this out. You're either uh, going through a test, just came out of a test, or about to go into a test. Can I get a witness? That's, that's life. It's because we live in a fallen world. Isn't that right? So we don't get discouraged. We don't, we, we're encouraged because we may, maybe you're in the middle of something yet. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you just came out of something. But, you know, in the future, if you live, there's going to be something else because we live in a fallen world. There's a devil. Yeah, we believe in the devil here. And so it's coming. But you know what? I can face it with courage. Man, oh, man. 
Man, I know. God, I look at Calvary. I can see how much, how valued I am by God. That God loves me. God's forgiven me. He's made me a, a child of God. I'm an heir. I'm a joint heir. He's given me the Holy Spirit to live in me. He has anointed me with, with the Holy Spirit to empower me. The promises of God are yes and amen. Hallelujah. I have the full armor of God on me. Man, oh man, oh man, I've got courage. Yeah, I'm facing a tough time. Yeah, it's, you know, I'd rather not be in it. But you know what? I'm not going to whine. I'm going to rejoice. This is what happens when we realize our value by what? By believing the big truth. Amen? Look, look in Ephesians. Let's read one more scripture here. I've got to wind this up. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.12, In Him... Who's that speaking of? Jesus Christ. And through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Boy, I like that. Freedom and confidence. When I come, you know, the, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might receive what? Help and mercy in the time of need. Confidence. Courage. Hallelujah. Self-esteem. I'm a child of God. And so we need to find joy in our value. We rejoice in God. We give God the glory. But why do we worship God? This is why. Now, I'm going to tell you what. When you focus on your problems, there's not going to be a whole lot of worship. You focus on your troubles, there's not going to be a whole lot of joy. But when you focus on the big truth and you realize your value and you find joy in your value, it's, you know, man, I'm telling you, I, I, could, I could write a litany after 43 years, man. I can write, I can tell you all kind of stuff. I mean, I, we've gone through, you know, all the human experience, suffered loss, suffered, you know, we know what it's like to suffer loss. We know what it's like to, to have breakthrough. We know what it's like to be attacked in our health, in our finances, in our family, in ministry. In a, I mean, just like you. But, you know, we found out that when I focus on Him and I remember what He has done for me, and that means that, you know, I don't let the trial define my value you know, some people think, you know, I've run into some Christians, they think because they're going through something, it must mean that God don't love me. Or that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing everything just right. If I just, I just know if I did everything just right, I wouldn't be going through a trial. No. The Bible says about Jesus that he was absolutely perfect and without sin. Amen. He had no sin. He was the son of God, the unique son of God. He was perfect. But it says that in all ways, he was tempted just like us. So that tells you right there, even if you were perfect, it wouldn't mean that you wouldn't be tested or tried because Jesus was. Amen. It's because we live in a fallen world and there's a devil. So joy in finding my value. Because in finding my value, I discover who I am meant to be. My, my bank account doesn't. That doesn't tell me who I'm meant to be. Man, your bank account can... <laughs> yours ever fluctuated? Even the great apostle Paul said, he said, he said, I know how to abound, and I know how to do with very little. He said, always and in every situation, he said, I've learned how to be content. Why? Because he knew what his value was and what it was derived from. Amen. Who I'm meant to be. It's, it's about my value. You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to copy. I mean, you know, I know some people, you know, we, we have our heroes. We be a sports hero. It might be somebody in Hollywood. Listen, you don't have to be. You don't have to look like them. You don't have to act like them. You don't have to be like them. You be who God made you to be in Christ Jesus. That is enough. But see, if you let somebody else or something else Determine your value. You're going to think, boy, I've got to, man, I've got to make it. I've got, man, I've got to drive this. I've got to dress this way. I've got to live here. I've got to. You know, they're, they're still digging stuff out of kings that 
millennia ago were buried with all their stuff. <laughs> and that, now all their stuff's in a museum somewhere. And that's what they place their value on. And then finally, what I have been given to do. Your value. What have you been given to do? Love God and love people. I know. You say, Pastor, that's way oversimplification. I know. But God has to make it simple for people like me. But that's really what it is. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, Lord, what are we supposed to do? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, and your neighbor as your. So I just boiled it down. Love God and love people. Amen. Honor God by deriving your value from Him, from Calvary. Amen. Let me ask you a couple of action points here. Who have you allowed to set your value? If you're struggling, if you're laboring, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you had a parent that they thought they were motivating you, but they were doing it negatively. They told you you were no good, you're, you never amount to anything, all those kind of things. Maybe, maybe that's what set your value. Maybe that's why you're, you're struggling. Even though you're a Christian, you're struggling so hard, you know. Mom or dad may, may have gone on to glory, but you're still struggling with the words that they said. You need to let go of them and grab hold of God's Word, your heavenly Father. You know, in this country, in our court system, you know, we have the lower courts who can make a ruling. But, you know, that can be appealed to the Supreme Court, can't they? And when the Supreme Court decides on it, that's it. There's no appeal from there, is there? Well, your heavenly Father is the Supreme Court. Your, your, your earthly Father may have said one thing about you. But it's time to appeal to a higher authority, to the Supreme Court of your heavenly Father, who says you are loved, you are accepted, and the beloved, you are forgiven, that you are wanted that you are valuable. Secondly, are you still laboring under guilt or shame? Boy, that's a hard thing to labor under. Perfectionism. Man. You just never arrive. Because it's impossible for you to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect this side of glory. Amen? And then finally, look to Calvary. For your value. Would you close, uh, close your eyes, bow your heads just for a moment? Maybe you're here today and you've, you, you're really laboring under guilt, under condemnation, under shame because of words that were spoken over you. And you've been striving so hard to be perfect, to live up to words that were spoken long ago. Jesus said this. He said, come unto me, everyone who is burdened down, weighted down, and heavy laden. I'm telling you, trying to cure guilt and condemnation, trying to measure up to a perfect standard of yourself or someone else, oh, it's so hard. That's not what God's called you to. I want to just pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything but except to raise your hand so I know I'm including you in this prayer. You say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want to pray for you. The Bible says that by the authority of the name of Jesus that we can bind or loose. And we just want to release you. I want to pray a prayer that releases you from that, that guilt, that condemnation, that perfectionism of having to measure up. So I'm going to look over this room just for a moment. I see one hand, two hands. Three, four, five, okay. Get your hands up. Amen. Hold them up while I pray. Everybody, bow your heads. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, please. Father, you see the hands right here, right now. God, it's so hard to labor under the burden of guilt, shame, of trying to measure up and be perfect. Lord, we know there's only one perfect one, and that's you. But right now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that what I've shared today by the Holy Spirit will penetrate their hearts and their minds. Lord, that there will be a release. And Father, 
to your word, I add my prayer of faith right now. And you said, Lord, whatever we, we bind will be bound, bound on the earth, will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. So I just speak release by the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God. I speak release to every one of these with their hands up. Release from condemnation. Release from shame and guilt. Release from that struggle of trying to live up and be perfect in themselves. God, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to reveal to them that they are accepted in the beloved. That Jesus' blood, His sacrifice is enough. It's finished. It's forever settled. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. One more I want to appeal to. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted the free gift I've talked about this morning that God in Christ Jesus paid the penalty for your shame, for your guilt, for your sin. The Bible says that He Himself took our sins upon Him at Calvary. The marks were placed in His back, the, the nails in His hands, in His feet, the spear in His side, the thorns in, in, in his, on His head. And that by the shedding of the blood, by the giving of his life, he paid for your sins and for mine. But we have to receive it. We have to receive the gift. And that's done by faith. Faith in our heart. Right now, if you have never done that, I'd like to just pray for you. If you'd raise your hand up and say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus today. I'm not going to ask you to say or do anything. But I just want to include you in this prayer. If you say, Pastor, today, I want to receive that gift. I want to receive the free gift of salvation. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Put my faith in Jesus. Oh, God loves you. You're valuable to Him. Don't turn away what He freely offers. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, for this one with a hand raised, I thank you today is the day of salvation for them. Today is the realization that they are valuable, that they are accepted in the beloved. Father, right now, as they call upon the name of the Lord, you said whoever calls on the name of Jesus would be saved. Believing in your heart right now and receiving him and all that he has done at Calvary, the shedding of his blood for your sins, you are forgiven. You are a child of God by faith right now. Receive it. Receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Listen, you are valuable. We're talking about living the good life. What could be better than this? It's not about stocks and bonds. It's not about the property that you own. Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But, you know, that's not my value. He and His love is our value. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Come on, brother. We're going to have some uh, announcements right now. Pastor Walt's going to share some announcements, and then he's going to dismiss you in prayer. Thank you, Pastor Norris. Well, praise God. What a great day. The kingdom of God has increased. I saw some hands go up too, man. I'm telling you, they receive sal- salvation mean increase in the kingdom. Amen. Praise God. That's always good, man. That's good. Well, just a couple of announcements, and then we're going to dismiss and where dads can be blessed today. I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the men also. Man, it's a great honor, great responsibility, great role, great responsibility, but what an honor. Because not only your son's watching you, your daughters are watching you too. Listen, man, we got something to do. A lot of work we got to do. So happy Father's Day. Don't let this day just be the only happy Father's Day. Let's do this every day and make a difference. Amen? Amen. Well, Zuma classes, man, you still got time to get fit now. They, it's to July 30th, so, so all of you that want to be a part of this, you can still come out here 6 to 645. I guarantee you in 30 days you'll be in shape. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can imagine what they're doing in that class. 
small group leaders. If you want to be a small group leader, there's sign up out in the foyer also. They got more information on the counter to let you know what small groups are all about. Family moving night. Pastor Norris was talking about that. That's coming up June 28th, 7 p.m. And I got on here popcorn and soft drinks, and it's free. Just want to make sure I say that. If you stand with me, we can go ahead and uh, let me pray over you, and we'll be dismissed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for today. Today is we're honoring fathers. Father, but we just thank you because you are our father. You are the great example. You said that you made us in not only in your image, but in your likeness. Not only do we look like you, but we should be doing what you're doing. Father, we thank you for all of what you've done for us. And we hope, Lord, that we can change others' lives by being an example of who you want us to be. Now, Lord, we pray right now, Lord God, that you bless us, that you keep us, that you shine your face upon us, and you be gracious to us all week long. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a blessed week. Can I say one more thing? I, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. We had a glorious week this week. I don't know if you saw the pictures or not, but praise God for all that happened during VBS this week. I want to thank the workers. Oh, my gosh. They, they put in some time and effort, and I'm telling you what. Let's give them a, a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. We had about maybe 26 or so children of all ages, and, and oh, my gosh, it was wonderful. So thank you. It's just the start, you guys. Next year will be better. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.